1: Welcome to a very special vanilla-soaked, lilac-strewn, <laughs> aldehyde-infused episode of Fat Mascara. This is a very special episode it's today. a sexy episode. Very sexy. We have a very special guest today, my friends. Fucking Chandler Burr is in the house. woo Feared, revered, and just like adorable Chandler Burr. Fragrance expert and former scent critic from the New York Times. Yeah, I mean Chandler has graced this room with his presence and we all smell better for it. We're going to be talking about Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> we're talking about Korean beauty, um, the skincare, makeup, all of that jazz. I mean, if Korean beauty has absolutely just taken over the globe. And we're going to be talking about intentionally charged products.
0: I'm so curious about
1: this. It's, it's kind of a new agey moment here. If I had some chimes, I would like play them. Cue sound of chimes. (laughs) Jen, how was your week? I feel like I know you've been a little under the weather. I have the bronchitis. (laughs) bronchitis.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Excuse my voice. That's why, that's why I sound like this. I'm very sorry. But you've been very busy this week.
1: I've been like hustling this week. Yeah, you represented Fat Mascara at, what, what panel was it? Um, well, I was doing double duty. I was Cosmopolitan, where I work as the deputy beauty editor, mm-hmm. and also representing Fat Mascara at the Korea Society, talking about K-beauty.
0: Nice.
1: Now, K-beauty, for those of you who don't know, is the Korean beauty trend that's very big.
0: It's everything. It's all the skincare, cosmetics, everything coming from Korea. You've probably noticed this in your local Sephora.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you go on Sephora.com, they actually have like a Korean beauty section. And then there's Peach and Lily and all the stores online that are just focused on oh, K-Beauty. Yes, Alicia Yoon, who is the founder of uh, Peach and Lily, which is that K-Beauty store, online store, she was there. She was on the panel. She um, Oh, nice. Yeah, she, she was fantastic. Uh, but K-Beauty encompasses... Everything from, like, very cool skincare, and in Korea is really where a lot of um hot skincare trends have started, like sheet masks, like those weird papery thin masks that people put on and take yes. selfies of, um, like watery gel-like moisturizers that, you know, have been knocked off by every kind of company, um, facial essences sound so mysterious and magical. Dinosaur makeup. What is dinosaur makeup? I, well, there's Dinoplats.
0: There's the K-Beauty cosmetics. Just, like, re- quirky Weird characters stuff. in their cosmetics.
1: So what did you learn? Anything new on the panel from the other uh, panelists? So, I, you know, I spoke about it from an editorial point of view, like, why readers are interested in K-Beauty, you know, how it affects the, our coverage, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I actually learned so much. I was sitting there in the chair with my mouth open, like, oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> God, <you're the> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the expert. Exactly. One of the things that I thought was so cool, but also a kind of scary, was that K-beauty really comes from this culture in Korea of, like, skin, perfection, obsession. And I, I knew that to a degree because all of these companies are coming, they wouldn't be able to exist without the demand for them. Yeah. But hearing Alicia talk about this, and the other panelists who are great as well, it was just almost a little scary. Like, the the, ob- the objective is to make your skin look like how it looked when you were 11 years old, before the acne kicked in, before any yeah, sunspots. Baby, baby skin. Baby skin. Like, you should be able to see through the skin. And one of the panelists said, you know, she goes to the dermatologist and she said, you know, my skin is still cloudy and the derm says there's nothing wrong with your skin. No, but it just like, she almost can't find a word for it because they want something that like doesn't exist. And it kind of freaks me out because I don't know of a product. I don't even know of a procedure that can it's give that um, back to a you.
0: time machine, right? I mean, there, it's, yeah. you know, what's funny. I traveled to Korea, uh, Last year for work to interview some beauty experts and shop in all the the road shops where they sell all these crazy products, and it really struck me that the the homogenous look that is in there of just just translucent beautiful skin like that. So what if much you don't so, have
1: translucent. I do know they
0: kick you to the curb. Do you do you sitting out. And and you, you go shit? to the plastic surgery place. Like look at like the K-pop stars. They would. It's almost like McDonald's. I went in one of the uh, plastic surgery offices and they have. The looks up on a board, like you pick it from... It's very different from America in that we all want to be an individual. And I think there's nothing against that here. But in Korea, it's more like you want to be part of the group. And there's right. it's a, just a different culture. I remember this one product, which is the epitome of what you're talking about. What was
1: it? It was called Golden Ratio Powder. Oh, my God. I've, I'm having, like, geometry flashbacks. Are this you, is, like, demented. Is it what you think it is? What well, do you th-
0: think Golden Ratio well, Powder is? Well, Golden Ratio,
1: I remember, was... Wait, does that have to do with the Pythagorean theorem? It might have. It was, I, I guess
0: the planes of your face have to line up to a perfect ratio of like three, two, one or something. And that is beauty. In science, it's in flowers with the petals always have the golden right. ratio. I forget what the numbers are. But so this powder, the goal of it was to give your face the look of the golden ratio. Oh so it was my like God. a contouring and highlighting powder Did more or less. Did you buy this? Of course I bought it. Oh
1: my God. Do you have any left? I have a deviated septum. I actually do have some back at the... All. <laughs>
0: you, you can use golden ratio powder to fix your, devi- your deviated septum.
1: <laughs> Insurance doesn't cover that shit anymore, you know?
0: Okay, sorry. Okay. But you can use it. It's got like a contour powder, a highlight powder. But the goal wasn't like it is in America, which is, oh, you know, I might want to fix my deviated septum with a little contour powder. It was more like, I will look like the golden ratio. Yeah. And I kind of
1: agree with you. It, it, that scares me, but that said... Some of
0: those products are damn good.
1: Oh, I uh, yeah, the, the essences like those weird little face masks that look like cats and bunnies. Like I mean, yeah, they're doing something right. It's just like I, you don't, you have to realize you're not going to look like you're 12 after putting on the bunny mask. But I can still
0: have my too cool for school, like face mask and my dinosaur lip balm. Oh, that's the name of the
1: brand, right? The Dino Plats. Di, yeah, I mean, all for K Beauty. Just manage your expectations. Jen, do you read Goop?
0: Who doesn't read Goop, Jess?
1: Oh, okay. Well, you know, I was poking around in Goop and I saw this article that caught my eye. And at first, sight, it had a little bit of an eye roll. It said it was about intentionally charged products. People are like praying over products, like small brands, um, blessing them with mantras, playing music as they create them. Now, I thought that, like, I went to this facialist for a long time like maybe like seven years ago and she gave me this little tub of something and she's like, it's, it's charged with good energy. And I was like, what are you talking about? But I would follow this woman like off a bridge. She was so good. And she said, you know, it's the woman who creates it is like very, um, you know, good energy. And she, she infuses love and care. And it was like, you know, a very mediocre product, but I enjoyed using it. And I felt like I needed to ask an authority about this. I mean, the article is fantastic. If you have a chance, look on Goop, and we'll probably put a link to it on our website. Um, check out under episodes. Please go to fatmascara.com. Check it out. Check it out. But um, there is this whole movement right now about these products, and Shiva Rose, if you know who she is, she's like a leader in this. She prays over her products. Let's, let's relax for a moment. Okay. <laughs> she is she's like very, she's very big in the new age scene. She has a line of products that also are intentionally charged. And I said, what is the deal with this? You know, it's kind of a vague definition, but she said these are high vibrational products and it refers to when the environment and the person making it or the items is in tune with the source or light. Okay,
0: I was really, really skeptical, but you made me think of something, which is when I'm cooking – and if I if I don't cook quote unquote with love, my boyfriend's like that tastes like crap. Like I feel like you have to go into the cooking with like a good positive vibe. Like if you have yeah. bad energy, it gets into the food. So and you You're know totally I'm biggest, right. I'm the biggest skeptic. But is that what she's saying? Like you have to go into making a product with good energy, or else the bad energy is getting into your product.
1: Correct. Correct. Like you have I, to. I, go I came in- into this thinking I was going to
0: hate everything you were about to say, but I kind of get that. But. You know my dermatologist is out there rolling
1: her eyes, being like, that is a bunch of BS. But I think, okay, let's say let's say the folks at... Because um, at first I was thinking, okay, so this only applies to people who are, you know, handcrafting their, like, waxy, you know, body bombs in Brooklyn, making five at, at a time. During a full moon. Wearing a full moon, howling in their, you know, weird, mm-hmm. like, Mara Hoffman dresses. Love mm-hmm. you, Mara Hoffman. But you know what I mean. So this is what I was picturing. But, like, let's say the folks at the big brands are playing music or they're giving a special blessing. Oh my God. It could be I, the same thing. So Shiva so, wants us, wants makers of products to be putting good vibes into it. Exactly. It. And I just, I think, you know, at first I thought, is this a little bit of hippie woo-woo? Um, you know, like Shiva Rose has her own line. Um, this the, the Goop article mentioned this brand called Sadashi, um, Demamiel, but I really thought, you know what, I thought about how I felt when I was using my friend Soli's products, the ones that she gave me after the facial. So much about beauty is about like believing that it's working. Mm-hmm. And the more you believe that something's working and the more you make a ritual out of it, like the the more you're going to use it. So it actually might work better if you're using something consistently. So it's kind of like this so weird we, little trick.
0: Even if you're using it consistently because you think, oh, it's charged, so it works. There's a placebo effect in that, that it actually will work.
1: Correct. And you're it actually not might be more me
0: like moon dust is in there with the special spiritual vibes, but it's in the user to make it work.
1: Correct. And if you're using something more often, it's going to be and, and regularly because you think it's charged with like positive vibes and you feel like good when you're using it. It's going to be more efficacious if you're using it two times a day than if you're hopscotching around, you know, using all these different that things. I'll get
0: on board with. And but yes, I don't think that's what Shiva's thinking. I, or oh, whoever. no, this I is my own really little think, kooky
1: dooky theory.
0: I like your theory better than their theory, which is that you know, putting the vibes in while they're mixing up the oils is the reason it works, right?
1: And then the other thing is if it just like makes you feel good, like I felt for like two weeks when you I used no so the that. Pro- exactly. Like, so much of beauty is really enjoying what you're using, so. At first I rolled my eyes a bit and then I'm like, you know what? I think I need like something intentionally charged in my in my cabinet. Yeah. So Jen has like this cool new segment that she wants to introduce. And it's Don't called... put it all on me. <laughs> Sorry. Guys, I'm not sure about this segment yet. Here's the okay. thing. Like the
0: part our jobs have weird, gross sides to them, like under like acne, all the things about beauty that just aren't beautiful. It's not
1: always so glamorous.
0: Exactly. Maybe that's what we should call this new segment. We want to share with you the stuff that is not the most glamorous part of beauty, but it's what we're interested in.
1: Yeah, like we're not all like you know always like going to like fancy like events. Sometimes it's just about like getting rid of dead skin and like nasty gross shit. <laughs> so presenting our <laughs> new segment, which apparently is called getting rid of dead skin. No, it needs
0: a better name. And that's where we're gonna co- go to you so, guys. So can
1: you please help us? Just tweet us,
0: at Fatmascara, email us, info at com, and let us know what to call the segment, which we're about to do, which is some really gross stuff that I'm going to talk about. Really gross stuff. Hashtag really gross stuff. Jess, I read the most fascinating article in in New York Magazine last week, two weeks ago, about Dr. Pimple Popper.
1: Are you familiar? Uh, I am, like, too familiar. Um, we're, we have an article in April Cosmo right now, and... It's about, it's called What Are You Watching? And fabulous Nicole Catanese wrote it. And it's about Dr. Pimple Popper. I edited that article. I worked with Nicole on it. I'm sorry, I could not watch... More than like the first ten seconds. Well, okay. So of, for people
0: who don't know, yeah, we should tell them. It's nasty. Got, oh, oh, you're already not into this segment. No, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so so I read the article and I knew that this existed because my best friend Jessica, also a Jessica, shout out Jessica. She is really into popping pimples. So she follows this dermatologist in California. Wait, her own pimples. Hers, other people's, it doesn't matter. And she follows this dermatologist on YouTube who got famous and made a name for herself by posting videos of her excisions and her poppings. I don't think poppings is the dermatological word. There's like a science-y word for it. but And she found when she posted them on YouTube, people are fascinated. They want to watch like, a blackhead come out or a pimple or a cyst?
1: I like squeezing my own blackheads in, like, a, you know, 100 magnification mirror, but, like, by myself, like, but at you, 1130 at night.
0: But you do find pleasure in that, in
1: a way. Or what do you find in it, actually? Like, a sense of, oh, like, a sense of satisfaction. Sat- oh,
0: totally.
1: Like, just like, you know, oh, my God, like, I'm just this much less gross now.
0: Or isn't there a sense of surprise too, which is what they touched upon when they were talking to her. Like People are just like, oh, will it or won't it be a rewarding session of pimple popping? (laughs) Which I've sometimes had that experience where you just like, they tell you not to pop and you're just like, well, it's happening, people. So just deal with it. And you get a squirter and you're like, "Woo!" I know, it's (laughs) so gross. That (laughs) that too. Well, this is giving me an idea. You need to watch one because how do we even talk about this without you seeing one? I'm gonna, I'm going to queue it up right here. Put your fucking phone down. I I've, I've queued up. This is Dr. Pimple Popper's YouTube channel. I've queued up the name of this video is Don't Miss These Huge Blackhead Extractions in "quote unquote The Fireman." But but why don't you tell everybody how many views does this have?
1: Oh my god. 3,348,000. You look so 000. scared. 800...
0: You've p- never seen these, right? I've never said a number like that out loud. Okay, but you've never seen these videos. Let's see what <laughs> Over happens. Over 3
1: million. Okay, so this is a blackhead extraction video. All right. Not it's so not bad, right just here. yet. He has bad skin, poor guy. Not really painful for you, huh? not really at all. my gosh. You're a this is all right. very I mean, porny. I'm just going to put a little... I'm to get this one on his nose, because it's looking at me right back Ooh. here. Oh! Oh!
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it's hard it's very stubborn blackhead looks like a Oh, ball. she's got a
0: little extractor it's like a loop she's just pressing All
1: right, oh we got the we close-up view here comes. Oh. oh my god Whoa. oh my god what is that Oh my god what is that it was like an inch long we're gonna soften that one up a little we'll get to see you again she is oh. a sick puppy Oh, there's more! Oh my god, there are blackheads behind his
2: ears. ears. Oh! Oh! What is
1: that? It came out like a fucking curling ribbon. Oh my god! Can you see this one? My right hair, look at that. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? No, it's not. She's, like, dirty talking! Is just... Oh.
0: My. God. I, this is
1: not for me. This is not a channel for me. <laughs> Tell me, like,
0: what are you feeling right now? Like I, we need I, to get to the bottom of this. Like, why are people watching? My chest
1: feels like there's air in it. Like, I can't feel my boobs. It's almost like after you get off off of like a shitty roller coaster or great adventure, and you're like, why did we even do that? <laughs> yeah. You couldn't pay me to go back on, but you're totally gonna go on like be like annihilator at the next time you go to great well, adventure. Okay, so are you
0: gonna start following Doctor Pimple Popper? Only if you're there. love that, but once I stuck with the habit, I really noticed a difference in my skin. I am not the only one. In a clinical study, taking Hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo.
1: Chandler Burr, yes, you are a journalist, an author, and a museum curator. I am, and you're writing on the fragrance and perfume industry. They're sort of the same thing, right? The fragrance industry, I can just say,
2: yeah. is sort of
1: uh, <laughs> legendary, at least among beauty nerds like myself and NBA. Jen. Yes, so we're thrilled to have you here. Um, for our listeners, I wanted to give you an idea of why we love him. Jen is going to share a snippet. We're doing a reading. Uh-oh. A reading, a dramatic reading. A or, dramatic reading. Yes. Of one of your reviews that you wrote when you were the scent critic for the New York Times. Oh, great. Okay, Take so it this away. this is about
0: a celebrity fragrance that launched in 2009. I'll okay. leave it at that. <laughs> on smelling it, one is aware, if not actively afraid, of the possibility of diabetic shock. Its scent is reminiscent of a teenage girl in a summer halter top strolling on a Jersey shore boardwalk. That bathes her in its smells: hot cotton candy, sticky saltwater taffy, and a whiff of mega hold hair gel heating in the sun. How was that? Was it good? I would buy that. And
1: I am from New Jersey. Do you remember writing I, that?
2: I remember. I remember writing it. I actually don't remember which perfume it's about, but I remember that the hair gel, and I remember I actually liked the perfume. Yeah, and nice. actually the whole it's fun.
1: critique it's as a whole was not overly negative, but it's cinematic. I love it. How did you get into this industry?
2: Uh, I yeah. I have a. I, I see these things. With, I've seen several things on the board saying, "Oh, I'm so sick of burrs." Origin story. Well, okay, I didn't ever had an origin story. That sounds so dramatic. this is my because like, yeah, <laughs> so it. you know, it's it's tra- it's strange. I mean, it's just strange. I have a master's degree in international economic trade theory, Ricardian trade theory, and Japanese political economy. But that's what my I'm an Asianist by training, mm-hmm. and an economist. And I was standing in the guard, uh ninety January second, January third, nineteen ninety eight. Going to London to do yes. a, actually a piece for U.S. News and World Report, and I stood in, and I started talking to this guy, and he's French Italian uh, scientist, Luca Turin, biologist. Oh my gosh! And I didn't.
1: I actually don't know this story though. Really? I mean, I know this Luca is Turin, so but cool. Yeah. Okay. Lu- and Luca Turin is.
2: And Luca Turin was I so I, I started talking to him. We got him mm-hmm. that we got on the train. And he said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a, I'm a writer. I write for U.S. News. I write for The Atlantic. He said, oh, I love The Atlantic. And I said, well, what do you do? And he said, I'm a scientist. And I research smell. And I thought, well, pff, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So we got on the train. We went to our seats. We, we threw our stuff in the seat we, seats. We, we met in the, in the cafe car. And we actually stood the three hours and 15 minutes during which we went to London. And he talked. I asked him, you know, I would ask him a question every now and then. And he just talked. Mm-hmm. And I was taking mental notes, and we literally got off the train in London. And I said, "I'm going to write a book about you."
0: I was just going to say, "This became a book." This became, and the you actually scent. knew at that time, I had this is a book.
2: Yes, I, I was. I it was, it was. Did you
0: know anything about the industry? Did you know who he was? No,
2: I knew nothing about smell. I knew nothing about the industry. I didn't know anything about uh, about about you know scent. I certainly didn't know anything about perfume, and I wasn't interested in perfume at all, in any active way. Here's a very strange thing. I had been sort of bathed in perfume throughout my, um, well, basically from about 10 to 17. And the reason was, that, but I, I never consciously, my parents had a very good friend. Uh, Where you know, did I grew you up grow wa- up? In Washington, D.C. Okay. In, um, in Bethesda. So I had a very good friend who was this crazy French woman named Terry Rowe. And she had a French perfumery. And it was in Georgetown. And it was very chic. And it was very this and very that. And she, of course, was constantly on the edge of bankruptcy. And she, only, and she only wore white, and she drove around in this big white car, this big white gas guzzler from the 1960s, Cadillac. And she had this guy who she called Petit, who was an American, uh-huh. who sort of was her slave. It was really weird. Nobody understood it. Like, I think he was a drug addict. Or like She'd rehabbed him or something. But basically, he was her servant. Uh-huh. He had friends then, like, like this. And she had this little stupid white poodle. And it was just a whole sort of eccentric She's French. like a cliche, a walking cliche. A walking Did you, cliche. you tell Luca about her? I don't think so. Oh, he needs to know. Go no, on. She had, you know, she had one of these these perfume. Of course, she had a perfume store. Yeah. So every Christmas, of course, you know, eighty, what is eighty 85 percent of all perfume is sold for during the Christmas season, right? So she had these mobs of people coming in, and from the age of ten, I don't know. I, I would help. I'm sure it was completely illegal, but I would help out. And I started to help <laughs> so you, out in the back. you
0: worked in a perfumery. I worked a in child, a perfumery. As a
2: child. You were a child I was a perfumer. Slave labor <laughs> in a perfumery, in a French perfumery. No, I mean, I would help out in the back and I would, you know, bring things. And then as I, I grew older, I think when I was 14, then I started actually selling, which is actually, come to think of it, probably also illegal, but whatever. She paid me, you know, under the table, obviously, in cash. And so I. Knew all these perfumes, and I knew all these Guerlain's, and I knew opium, and I knew, and I mean, when I say new, I had smelled it a thousand times, and I would wear these things, and my favorite perfume was Quartz by Molineux, and you can't find it anymore, and it's gone.
1: I don't know that fragrance. And
2: she said Peach Blossom, and I'm sure that that's bullshit, because... Um, now that you know. Well, yes, I'm sh- I've am I never heard of an absolute Peach Blossom, and she, of course... You know, did the same thing that everybody in the industry does. Oh, it's an absolute peach, but yeah, well, whatever. Yeah, and uh, but it was it's. But you know it was it was probably what is it C uh, aldehyde uh, C seventeen. This is the
1: molecule you're guessing now. In retrospect, that I'm, made that I'm peach. I'm guessing smell. that it was.
2: If I, I may be mistaken. It may be C fourteen, but I think it's seventeen. That's the that's really the peach. I have
1: to say that wasn't on the tip of my tongue, but I'm going to agree. Well,
2: with you. you know, I I, I <laughs> actually should know these things.
1: <laughs> but all of these things you learned, like
0: for for example, these molecules that most people don't realize are what they're smelling when they smell peach in a scent. You exactly. learned this from when you then, inter- you did a book on Luca. I did a book
2: on Luca, but it had it was not gonna be anything about perfume. I didn't wanna do perfume because I'm gay. And it's a super gay guy thing to do. And I felt like a walk, I was like, fuck, Fight, fight no. the cliche, no. it, yeah.
0: Well, let's give you the yeah. opportunity to answer the critics in that you can tell them now what they're doing right. Like these days, the fragrance industry has changed a lot since you were the critic right. at the times. What do you think is going right with the industry right now? There
2: yeah. is a Van Gogh and a Satie and of. a Frank Lloyd Wright, et cetera, of this medium. Yeah. And their names are Dominique Ropion and Kelly's Becker and Sophia Grossman and they're they're extraordinary. And, and the more need we know, know
0: that there's a person and an artist behind yes. this, the better it is yeah. what yes. you're saying. So you love so that the right? perfumers are coming to the forefront of yes. the industry, and that's great. But I brought you
2: guys some oh, show and tell. My and God. this is the first piece. So this is the. What do you? What do you look? You describe oh, it. You describe we're it. We're
1: looking at a compendium of scents. They're like bigger than samples. They're small vials in colors ranging from clear to electric lime green to amber. And it says The Art of Scent by Chandler Burr from 1889 through 2012. This it, is like a museum it, exhibition and it's, book. It's, oh my it god. Is. This it's, is the museum yes,
2: catalogue. The exhibition mm, catalog for I didn't know you did a
1: catalog.
0: And so this is like the Renoir, the Picasso. Yes. We've got Starry Night, but of perfume. Yes. You're mm-hmm. truly treating perfume over the last 125 years like art.
2: Absolutely. With this. Osmonth Yunnan, it, which I think is the last, which oh is god. the next to last. Noir is in there. Noir. I mean.
0: Is what is the principle? Please, here's what I think it's principle is. Making out with Steve Suzuki in the bathroom <laughs> at Ben Salem High School. Shout I out Steve God,
1: Suzuki. Steve <laughs> Suzuki. Are you listening?
0: No, a lot of guys that I grew up with, that was like their... Yeah. But, really? Yeah, what does it represent to you? Why is it, it in here? Is,
2: it, it is absolutely one of the greatest works in any medium Oh my God, if of, I it right
0: now, it's going to bring me way back. Oh, it'll
2: bring... Don't oh, try to make oh, out absolutely. with me, Jen. <laughs> I know it looks good today.
0: Industrialism. <laughs> industrialism.
2: Industrialist art chose to use industrialist components in every medium. By the way, in music, it would be you know. Oh my god! Sound. Okay. Is that amazing? <laughs> I got to
0: get a whiff of Jen. No, it reminds me of
1: like oh, middle school oh my sessions, which is but so I have it's a lovely the perfume. thing about your car. I just have to say, I feel like. If you slap, like, a, I oh know you may God. have, like, you know, some feelings about this term, but, like, a niche label on right, Drakkar, right. everyone would be like, oh, my God, it's so fabulous. But, like, people have a giggle about Drakkar. Look,
2: it's the same way. If you play somebody a piece of music and you say, well, that's Chopin, then, you know. But it could that's be correct. something written by some, like, piano nerd. I and mean, It's always the packaging that's yeah. going to influence yeah. us.
1: But your car is good. Like, that's my point. Like, my, car, my food, a bad fantastic. fragrance. It's a good that's scent. It's a fantastic scent. Yeah, it's on a, very the way, good. the a
2: technical level, it's perfect. And it was Pierre Varney who created it. But the reason that it's a, a, a magnificent work, perhaps the ultimate work, of industrialism is that he put, uh, uh, Pierre, put in its center a molecule called dihydromersenol, which had been created by in a laboratory at Procter oh, & Gamble so in cool. order to scent laundry detergent. Right?
1: I just want to repeat what you said. On a technical level, Jacquard Noir is perfect,
2: which is astounding. That's
1: that's like
2: almost all of these on. are. Steve
1: Suzuki would agree. Yeah. Light
2: blue is in here. Light blue. Oh, Every, well, everyone love that. loves that. Women, I mean, Dolce like Kibana, yeah. Olivier Cresp, one of the greatest olfactory artists again of the late twentieth, early twenty first centuries. Uh, it is perfect. Its construction is flawless. Yeah. An yeah. angel here. Yeah, angel surrealism.
1: Yeah. You told me that once.
2: Absolutely yeah. surrealism. It it takes everything from you know all these ideas of finding like truth through the- incoherence um, and an excess of imagination, and it's not real. It's surreal.
1: Wow, it you? is like chocolate on
2: it's, acid. It's chocolate on acid.
0: So each of these perfumes in this exhibition is a type of art form, and you've done the it, whole the yes. book that goes along with it, just like we're at the Met and looking at, you exactly. know, a, a dolly, it's, like, it's unbelievable. And each
2: represents a different aesthetic Oh, so the school. angel is
0: the dolly, isn't it, then? Because it's surreal. Yeah, so yeah it's cool. part of surrealism. So tell me, we're talking about some of the ingredients here. Right. What, let's just talk about smell, not fragrance. What are some of, the, like, what smells intrigue you?
2: You know what I think is absolutely amazing? Smell. Is the smell? For me, I'm, yeah, I'm gay, so for me it's the smell of the man's <laughs> breath. When I remember when I was 14, 15, 16, when I f- first started, you know, you start kissing, Mm -hmm. well, I guess three of us start kissing boys. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, if you don't like the way a guy smells...
1: You're kind of screwed. Oh, no.
2: There's there's no way. (laughs) You are out of there. Yeah. You know? Smokers, mustaches, and breath or body smell that doesn't work. Those are absolute immediate deal-breakers. And you know what? I remember out with this guy. I remember kissing this guy, and his name was—I think it was Derek. Was it Steve Suzuki? <laughs> it was Steve Suzuki. It was no. He, it was actually—it was actually Derek Kim, believe it or not. So okay. two Asian guys.
1: <laughs> shout out Derek
2: Kim. Shout out to the Asian boys and Derek. And I remember the the smell of his breath, and it was the most wonderful thing in, in a the good world. Way. Yeah. It was completely un. Touched by any kind of gum or liquid, you know, or wash like... or anything, and it was just this wonderful, warm, it was like a warm summer breeze off the Mediterranean. And it, it was just melting, yeah. That's and like what was... all the
1: fragrance companies are hoping you'll write about
2: them, yeah. <laughs> oh, a warm oh. summer breeze, yeah. It was, it was, it was extraordinary, and that, that sounds is, I lovely, think, very, very important. The smell of someone's body, and and I wrote a novel called You or Someone Like You, mm-hmm. and it's about a woman who lives in his base of various things. Etienne loved the title, and he actually said, look, can I protect this? Can I legal, pre- legally protect this Is the name of a perfume? I'd love to do a perfume with you. Would you create a direct one, choose your perfumer, and let's put out a perfume. So my perfume is coming out. Oh, and this
0: is exciting news. Ooh, and you guys oh, are the first. Wait, as you're talking, We're going to get the like... first whiff? are
2: literally the first people. <gasps> and this is, if we change this, I will be very surprised. This is going to be. Now I'm going to I'm going I'm not put it on me. This is what it is. Wait, it's, okay. We're going to smell Chandler's Snip. wrist. Okay, so smell okay. my wrist. And this is about, just had oh a whiff. Gosh. Okay, really three years it. old. Oh my god, it's beautiful. So, can it's you guys, it's very soft and lovely. you mind putting it on.
1: I thought it was it gonna be is, like way more crazy and intense. It's just soft no, and beautiful.
2: I went to Caroline Sabasa Shivadan who I admire hugely, who's done extraordinary work, and I said, I, I wanna work with you on this. And this is probably the culmination of almost a year of Caroline and and uh, and, and uh, me working together.
0: So are you gonna sell this
1: fabulous thing? Yeah, film?
2: it's coming out uh, later, 2016. That's pretty cool. Wonderful. Pretty We're so cool? happy for you. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank you.
1: You are doing everything right in the fragrance industry. You make it like a smarter, cooler place. Very Chandler, cool. thank
0: you so much for coming.
2: Thank, thank you, you so you. much. Such a pleasure. It's great.
0: And if people want to read things you've wrote, found your new work, find out what's going on, where can we find you online?
2: Well, Lucky Scent has the catalog. LuckyScent.com. Mm-hmm. And Lucky are com. a certain number left. I, they haven't told me how, how many are left, um, but they have them. Um, you know, the, the books obviously are online. And the uh, perfume is coming out in late uh, 2016.
1: Awesome. Well, it smells fantastic. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Thanks, Chandler. Thanks, guys. Jess, doesn't it feel like sometimes we're just talking out into
0: the ether as very one-sided? I want to get to know our listeners some more.
1: I know. I feel like I'm shouting into a well if you're out
0: there you should definitely email us we're at info at or you can tweet us at fatmascara. that's or our handle for instagram and twitter and snapchat and everything
1: yeah please follow us um and just like let us know what you think we want to know